0: So everybody take a deep breath in. And release. I am about to enter you in a race for how fast someone can talk. (laughs) I want to share a video with you. It is quick. You have to pay attention. This guy could be a heck of a singer. He can hold his breath for a long time. Let's watch. Did I warn you? (laughs) He said a lot. He said a lot in less than three minutes. How many of you heard something and nodded your head? <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot there, isn't there? We, we have given up some parts of our life to do things differently. And in doing so, we've created some new problems for ourselves. And as we look at our lives, there are things that we like and things that we don't like, and some of the things that we don't like have to do with the level of isolation that we feel, the sense of depression that is common in our society, um, the, the problems that come from that because we're together but we're too busy to actually enjoy the fact that we're together. So when I said earlier today that unity is not passive, it's active. There's a difference between being an active community and being an activist community. We're not necessarily going to organize marches and go out and storm City Hall and all of those things. There are other churches that do that, and if you're interested in that, there are other places you can find that. What we're going to do, and what the Fillmore's invited us to do, is to live differently. To really... Find for ourselves our personal relationship with the divine. And the personal relationship that they experienced was oneness with the divine. A true sense that they were connected with every breath, with every word, with every deed. They worked very hard for that. It didn't come by accident. They didn't wake up one morning and bingo, there it was. They sat and they allowed the spirit to emerge. They made sacred time in their lives And found quiet space. We don't have a lot of that unless we create it in today's world. It's not so easy to come by that quiet time. But it's necessary if we want to have our own relationship with the holy. And the thing is, when we talk about being an inclusive spiritual community, we have to learn how to do that because we have to learn how to talk about the holy in a way everybody can hear We have to recognize that what I call the holy, you might call God, another might call love, another might call Allah, another might call something we hadn't even thought of yet. And it's all the same thing. It's the name that comes through us, the name that sings our song, the name that we connect with that matters. Charles and Myrtle were very clear, and Charles most of all, that this is what they experienced and their reason for doing this was so that we would have our own experience, not so that we would just listen to their worlds, words, and because Myrtle and Charles said, we would, we would have that. It would suddenly miraculously happen for us, but they wanted us to be thinking people, feeling people, active people, engaged in our own spiritual journey, and that's what we hope to accomplish on Sunday mornings, is to motivate that continued journey. So like I said earlier, if you're coming thinking, well, I'll go for a couple of hours, that'll be my inspiration for the week, I'm good. That's really not the point. The point is that you would actually take some of this and think about it and consider it and change who and how you are. We are in a time of transformation. It is perhaps not the greatest transformation that's ever happened on the planet, but in our lifetime It's a pretty big and profound transformation we're going through. And the word transform, etymologically, just means to change form. We are changing from one thing to another. And we will change whether we pay attention or not. But if we pay attention, pay attention, invest our intention, pay our intention, if we pay attention... We have some ability to steer the ship. If we don't pay attention, someone else is going to steer. So we have an opportunity to step into who we know ourselves to be, to step into the holy self that we are, and to take an active role in what's happening. And it doesn't happen out there. It starts in here. So I promised you today we would talk about the wings, and you can see them Up here above the door, or out there above the door and up here on the stained glass. How many of you never noticed we had them over the door, outside? Several of you, right? It was the first thing I saw when I came here. Because that particular symbol is an ancient Egyptian symbol I'm very familiar with. And it was the first thing I noticed and I thought, if they can have those, I can be here. I can be here because those wings are over the door. So they're, they're very precious to me. That Really, that original symbol that Charles Fillmore brought forth for unity is very powerful. And he, um, he brought that symbol forth to help us understand what we're doing. So what you see up here is, looks like a globe raised by wings, doesn't it? And that's exactly what he called it. He called it a winged globe. And he said this, and I won't read for him. I'll give you his words. As soon as I find the right sheet of paper, there we go. The winged globe, or sun disk, represents the relation existing between spirit, soul, and body. Soul, the wings, give wings to the body, the disk. Spirit is the invisible enveloping principle, like the atmosphere in which both soul and body exist, and from which they draw their original inspiration. In 1956, he went on to further explain, It is an ancient Egyptian symbol, but is found in various forms, in the religions of other races. The winged globe is also a symbol of the earth and its soul. The earth has soul, as have its products of every description. All exist in the ether. The anima mundi, the divine mother. So, what the heck does that mean? (laughs) Cool, Charles, explain that to me. So I want to put it in very basic terms. For Charles Fillmore the globe represents the human body, the physical form that we are creating. The wings represent the soul, which is truly who we are. That this body is the vessel that carries the soul. It is carried by the soul. Therefore, it has wings. Yes? The body is carried by the soul, which is really the greater self, the highest self, the whole self. And all around it, exists spirit. That there, there, is no, there is no invisible nothingness between us. That what exists between us is a conduit. It is spirit that, that permeates all of the space. Permeates us as well. It's what we emerge from. There is no empty space. There is spirit, soul, and, and form. That's what exists inside the wholeness of God. Those three things spirit, soul, and form. That's it. You have three moving parts spirit, soul, and form. Easy. So, the point of the wings is that spirit exists as a still and complete field. And by our connection of soul with that field, we move it. So, I want you to think about how a bird flies or how you swim because you can't swim if there's no water. There's nothing. I cannot come out of here. I have to have something I can move, yes? And when I move, when I move the water, I move myself. I propel myself and I move the water too. And anybody standing behind me is going to feel that movement. Anybody standing in front of me can see that there's a movement. Anybody around me is affected by the movement of that water, yes? Yes. Same thing with spirit. When we use our soul to connect to spirit, when we use our soul, we move spirit. We move that field that is the holy. So how do we use our soul? Because we know how to swim. We have examples, we can see it. But now we're talking about a field of invisible stuff. How do I move that stuff? Well, Yinti teaches us that Charles and Myrtle experienced moving that stuff by disciplining their mind and their heart, by how they thought. That through thinking, they were able to move the stuff of spirit through the soul and into the physical form and cause change. They were able to change what was going on in their physical bodies and heal. And not only heal themselves, but do healings for other people. They were able to use that stuff to change their prosperity consciousness, to change their connectedness with people, to hold space for what ended up being a beautiful movement that has traveled all around the globe, and to the moon. There are unity prayers that have gone to the moon. Pretty powerful for these two very really kind of frail people who came from very, very different backgrounds and came together with really one thing in common. They were looking for something they could call truth. Something that wasn't just someone else's idea, but that was so real and so true for them that they could call it capital T Truth. Pretty powerful stuff. So how do we do this? How do we do what Charles and Myrtle did? We have to understand our wings. We have to understand that the body is simply held by the wings. And the body, if the wings are inactive, the body will fall. And if the wings are active, the body will raise. If you're not using your soul, the body is doing nothing. Because the wings are where the power lies. Even in spirit, if we're simply standing with our wings outstretched, we might catch somebody else's wave, but we're not causing anything. We have to exercise our soul. So how do we exercise our soul? We meditate. We sit in the stillness. We can do a walking meditation if you're one of those people who can't. Be um, that still for that long. I like to walk. It's a good way to meditate. We find awareness of our thoughts. And we get clear about what it is that we want to create and why we're here and what we're doing. And we realize that making our paycheck, paying our bills, and getting a bigger house or a bigger car or a bigger whatever, planning our retirement, is not the point. It's a byproduct, but it's not the point. The point is that we come to such a place of soul and spiritual connection that what we think and what we feel has to be disciplined because we create that way. That we put so much of our truth into this that it doesn't matter what Charles and Myrtle said, It doesn't matter what anybody said. I promise. I promise. I feel 100% safe saying that there will be no lightning bolt. That if Jesus could walk in right now, he'd say, stop listening to me and start doing what you know. It was never about just listening to me. It was about doing it. So how are we living our Christed self? Are we recognizing the divine that we are and truly using it in a powerful way? It's very easy to complain about the state of the world. It's something entirely different to hold a different view. And right now, there's a whole world out there that wants to, wants to hold a view that we are in danger. We're no longer safe. The world is coming apart. The sky is falling. Will you live into that or not? There's a hermetic adage that says, as above, so below, as within, so without. I like that, it makes sense to me. But I don't know whether it's true or not, so I asked Dr. Google. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, as above, so below, as within, so without, is this true? Dr. Google said, Isaac Newton thought it was. Okay, interesting. It's a expression that invites us to look at how we move in sync with the universe. My friend Rabbi Mel used to say that shalom, which means peace, was metaphorically described as the heavens because the stars don't run into each other. They all flash differently. They're all different sizes. They all do different things. But the stars that we see that light comes to us individually. I don't know whether science backs that up or not, but it's a nice picture of how science, how how peace could be. As we as we consider our wings, it's important for us to consider what we want to create and what's really true for us versus what somebody else told us. It's important for us to consider that every one of us could have a different job here and a different truth, and it could still be the truth. And that the truth that we know on the inside reflects to our world on the outside and vice versa. Most of us look for our truth out here and then adjust our inside accordingly. And what the Fillmore's invited us to do was look for the truth here and then adjust that accordingly. So when we talk about transformation, that we're changing something, that's what we're changing. We're changing this influence to this influence, to the influence of the soul. And we're spending our time finding out what truly exists within us, what our great divine and holy truth is, so that we can take it out into the world and actively use it. This weekend, a whole lot of people marched, and whether you believe in the march or you wouldn't have marched doesn't matter. What matters is we're very powerful when we come together. We have a very loud presence when we come together, and that's true in this community. We have a very loud presence in our city and in the world when we come together. So I want to invite us to come together. I asked Connie to, to learn a song today. I asked her just in short notice to learn a song because the question that comes to me is how do we take what we know here in unity and how do we move out into the world with it? What is our, what is the one thing we can remember that brings us back to here when we have to make a decision out there? And this song, when I heard this song, um, made me feel like there was an easy answer. This song, Uh, says to lead with love. How would your life be different if you led with love? For some of us, love is the greatest word we have to describe God, whatever you call God. How would our life be different if every decision we made, we led with love? Let's stand up. I want this lead with love message to go into the, the soul of your body. I want you to take it all the way out to your wings and remember it. So we're going to sing it, and then we've posted it on Facebook so you can hear it again. And I'll be writing about it this week. But leading with love does not mean looking at what's outside. It means accessing what's inside first.
1: So here we go. So it starts with the chorus. We'll all sing this together. And in the verses, I will lead you, and Angela will sing along with you. It's a call and response in that part. You got to put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Got to put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. You got to put one foot in the end of the other and lead with love. Ooh. One foot in front of the other and lead with love. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. You're not. You give up keep moving on keep moving on you gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love Ooh. one foot in front of the other and lead with love you gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love one foot in front of the other and lead with love. And lead with love Lift up your eyes Lift up your eyes Don't you despair Don't you despair Look up ahead Look up ahead The path is there The path is there You gotta put one foot in front of the other And lead with love One foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. One foot in front of the other and lead with love. I know you're scared. I know you're scared. And I'm scared too. And I'm scared too. But here I am. To you, right next to you, you gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Ooh. One foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Ooh. One foot in front of the other. And and lead with love. And lead with love. And lead with love. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Got, it? Got, it. Got it? Got it. That song is going to pop in your head when you read something on Facebook that really. Make steam come out of your ears. And you want to write back from that steam. That song is going to pop in your head when you ask yourself, what can I really do that would make a difference? How is it that we in unity fit into this divine puzzle? We fit in because we operate from our soul first. We fit in because our great work, the great work that was Was brought forward by the Fillmores and the great work that is ours to do is to come to our soul space, to find the place where our soul meets spirit, where who we are and what we do is elevated by spirit, motivated by spirit, moves from spirit, emerges from us as spirit. That's what we're doing. We may not do it perfectly, we may not do it all the time, we might occasionally lose our temper. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're starting a new day every day. We get to start again. If we mess it up, we get to start again and again and again and again. And every time we do it, the muscle gets stronger. Every time we do it, we do it a little bit better. Leading with love does not mean you're without the strength of your voice, the strength of your tenacity, the strength of your courage. It means that you are motivated by your soul, in connection with the divine. I have some quotes for you. Chief Seattle said, All things share the same breath. The beast, the tree, the man, the air shares its spirit with all that supports it. Shakti Gawain said, We are living in a very exciting and powerful time. On the deepest level of consciousness, a radical spiritual transformation is taking place. I believe that on a worldwide level, we are being challenged to let go of our present way of life and create an entirely new one. Thich Han said, Changing is not just changing the things outside of us. First, We all need the right view that transcends all notions, including of being and non-being, creator and creature, mind and spirit. That kind of thought is crucial for transformation and healing. Susie Orman said, when someone chooses to value herself over the things she can buy, true transformation begins. That's a good one, isn't it? And Cory Booker said, you can't have a physical transformation until you have a spiritual transformation.